fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome, buds. You're listening to... Oh, did you hear that? I farted. (laughs) I didn't fart into the microphone. I farted into my seat. Out of my seat, into my seat. Will I keep this? Is this content that people want? Absolutely not. But I don't have time to edit it out, so... (laughs) Take that. Oh, my 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 uh, intro. Oh, I, I've already been distracted. I'm not even high right now. Listen, buds. Oh, you're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and curate a pairing experience, both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. So that's what it is. <laughs> That's what that's what the show is about. If this is your first time, well, goodbye. <laughs> uh, uh, no, welcome, welcome here. We're talking about we're talking about cannabis, and we're talking about movies, and we're pairing them with people who work in the cannabis industry and people who work in the entertainment industry. And today we have a great guest. But before I tell you about that, let me tell you about the movie that we're doing. We're doing Ginger Snaps. Ginger Snaps. It's our first Canadian movie that we're doing on this podcast. We should get a whole bunch more uh, in the coming years because Canadian talent is great talent. This movie was released in 2000. Ginger Snaps was May 11th. Oh, no. May 11th, 2001. It had a couple of different releases. I think May 11th, 2001 was when it was released in the States. Or maybe it did the, the festival circuit first. I don't. I don't actually know. Maybe I should do some research to be able to tell you guys. Buds. Oh, it's an hour and 48 minutes long. It got a 90% uh, Rotten Tomatoes score and a 70 at Metacritic. And uh, it's a movie that I loved growing up. It was so cool. And I haven't seen it since I was a teenager, I don't think. So it was it was a, a fun thing to get to... Um, re-explore with my uh with my good buddy and this is the first the very first edibles episode we did some edibles we ate edison bites ginger milk chocolate they're like little lindor chocolates that have the uh, uh, uh real taste of ginger in there but the chocolate is oh it's delectable 10 milligrams thc per package each package comes with two, so you got a fiver on each of those. And I had to have a few, but uh, we get into it. We talk about uh, tolerances and uh, things you can do around that and advice that I got from a different guest from a different episode. So uh, let, uh, let's get into it because uh, my next guest is fantastic and uh, very, very funny and a uh, really interesting person to talk to. So Without further ado, Daniel, can you tell us something about the person that we have on the on the podcast? Can you can you do that? Just do it. Do it. Don't wait for me to do it good. Just do it. It's the worst when you have to set yourself up and then you do it terribly because you only have yourself to blame. So later on, uh, well, not later on. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out right now why this was a terrible idea to leave in. 
Daniel, can you tell us about who's on the podcast today? <laughs> so my guest today is one of Canada's most hilarious and unique voices working in comedy. She won the Homegrown Comics Competition at the 2017 Just for Last Festival, where she was the first female to have won in the contest's 19-year history. She's filmed sets for CBC Television, Kevin Hart's LOL Network, The Howie Mandel All-Stars Gala, airing on the CW Network, and in Montreal for Just for Laughs. She has toured headlining shows for JFL and was one of the 42 comics comprising the JFL 42 two years in a row. Her solo Fringe show, Congratulations, Stories of Achievement, Embarrassment, and Self-Worth, debuted at the Toronto Fringe Festival, summer 2019. It was met with sold-out shows, glowing reviews, and multiple awards, including the Best of Fringe and Patron's Pick, earning her three extra performance runs and a UK debut at the Brighton Fringe Festival. The show is being turned into a published book. She has written for and made appearances on TV's The Beaverton, Space Dragon and Kim, CBC's The Debaters, Late Night in the Studio. She has an animated series currently in development. Courtney is heard regularly on the Sirius XM and CBC LOL. She's charming, fiercely intelligent, one of the most talented artists we have to represent Canada on the world stage. So short of making her official ambassador to Canada, please, at the very <laughs> least, welcome her to the show today, Courtney Gilmore. Courtney, how's it going, bud? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm very good. excited to have you on right now. This is the first uh, uh, Canadian movie that we've done on the podcast. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, cool. which That's I'm really exciting. It is exciting. Very cool. It's pretty cool. So you're on a, a pot podcast, Courtney. So the first yes. question that we have to ask you is what what do you remember about the very first time you tried pot? Oh, man, the first time I tried pot. Um, I remember thinking it was going to be a completely um, like transformative hallucinatory. Listen, I grew up really sheltered and like pot was like the equivalent of heroin where I grew up. So like doing it for my first time was very an act of rebellion. <laughs> so I think I was expecting it to to be that way, to be like, um, I don't know. Like I thought I thought I was going to be seeing things. I thought basically everything that doesn't happen with weed is what I expected to happen. So and is maybe that because was, of stories that people would tell you about it or or maybe, just in the zeitgeist like you just heard. Yeah, about it. I think it's more that. It was just like the 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 fable of it, the legacy of weed that I had never really fully experienced up close myself. Sure. So it just came with like this uh storied history already attached to it that comes with high expectations and so for that reason i might have been over or underwhelmed because of that yeah i also found out recently kind of recently that most of the time that i had been smoking weed i've been doing it wrong in that i have <laughs> been fully inhaling it like oh you just doing like a cigar like you bring yeah, it into your yeah, mouth so then... a lot of times i would smoke it like a cigar sure and uh, I think that was a bit of apprehension on my part, like not wanting to get too high. So I would just sure. like not get high at all and then be like, why am I not high right now? <laughs> <laughs> so that makes a big difference. But um, so that first time you tried it, is that how you smoked it as well? Just in, in into the cheeks and then out? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I had I was dating someone who who liked smoking. And so we would like. Uh, smoke in his apartment and he would introduce me to different we would we would sit in his bathroom window like his little tiny window and open it and like smoke hash and just like be, hang out the window um 
Yeah, but I liked it. Like I like getting uh I I enjoyed the body high of of weed at yeah. first, like that body chill. Um so that was a nice relaxing part of it that I didn't nice. expect, I think. So you you try to stray away from the the ones that uh, uh affect the the head too much? Like you you like a body high rather than a cerebral uh, one? Yeah, I think so. I think I like more of like a well, I mean, now I I I almost exclusively do edibles like that's my preferred method is i really like i've never had a bad experience on edibles i know people like largely do have you know like something everyone has some kind of horror story of what went wrong when they ate too much of a brownie i've never had a bad experience even when i did like there were there have been times where i think i have eaten too much but i just don't freak out i guess i just i just just like okay this is going to be my day now is i'm just going <laughs> to melt into the couch and just like watch something fun and then I, I just yeah it's to me it's a nice experience there's something about like like buying the ticket and take the ride is what yeah. thompson talks about i think that yeah. there's there's like a, a a thing of if you try to fight it too much if you're trying mm-hmm. to convince yourself that you're not high or i need to get myself not high that's a a a thing that your body can't really do quickly so it just feels like failure then and then the person's scared is this going to be what it is always yeah yeah i think uh yeah your mindset and your approach to it going in makes a big difference in the experience you have and your surroundings who you're with if there's somebody there who can talk you down like i i remember Mm. i was responsible for a lot of my college parties uh way too strong edibles because i was just figuring out how to make them and uh then i would give them to a bunch of people who all had different tolerances different experiences with weed and Mm -hmm. so it would inevitably uh be strong enough for me but then lay somebody out completely at a party (laughs) yeah but uh, the one there's a cool thing that i've been learning about and i i don't know how much the science backs this up but there is like uh there are some things that you can do to bring yourself down from a bad trip. If you're having too, uh, uh, too strong a time, you want to like, uh, combat the effects of, if you okay. have CBD, uh, okay. there's like, uh, uh, THC is the, is the psychoactive ingredient in weed. CBD yeah. is the, the uh, relaxing stuff that they use for medicine and stuff. Um, yeah. CBD can actually counteract the effects of thc so if you have a little bit of that it can bring you down if you sniff um uh cracked peppercorns apparently there's something in that that uh, that brings your high down too so there's ways to like protect yourself against it well there you go that's something that's nice to know how you you have uh some options if you're too i i do get concerned sometimes that like an emergency is going to happen when i'm high and i'm not going to be emotionally there for it <laughs> <laughs> like i don't want to answer a phone like some kind of emergency like you need to be you need to be here now or something has happened and i'm just like baked out of my mind i think about that a lot <laughs> i always get yeah i always get concerned that i'm gonna get a phone call that I, i'm not gonna be able to deal with but i don't even yeah. go to it's gonna be an emergency because there's been like <laughs> maybe like i can count on one hand how many times i've been called in an emergency to try to deal with something <laughs> that's true yeah but i i do feel like even a nor like the the need to have a normal conversation if my mom calls and I'm mm-hmm. baked out of my tree. How am I going to be able to say like, absolutely, I'll I'll make sure to give my Aunt Marie a call on her birthday. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, I know. I know there's always that weird behavioral aspect of trying to overcompensate for how high you are or drunk or whatever. Yeah. 
do your parents know that you like are they okay with it though or? yeah they're they're yeah they're getting used to it i i started okay. a podcast about it and my mom is actually a segment on the show where i, oh, I bring cool. her on and talk to her and she has no interest in movies or weed so <laughs> it's very fun to to play with that uh so she uh she's accepting of it uh right. uh they're they're both accepting of it they yeah uh, I don't know if they're thrilled about it. I think they'd okay. be more thrilled if I told them I was coming back to the church. But uh, I think it would <laughs> yeah, be the same. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think my, my parents are OK with it now because it's legal, which is so sure. that's such a parent like a, that generation. It's like if it's legal, it's morally wrong. If it's illegal, it's morally wrong. And yeah, if it's yeah, legal, yeah. It, even if it has, if we've seen the evolution from illegal to legal, that just shows that now it now it's good. Now, That's as long right. as the government says it's good, then it's good. <laughs> so, I I don't like flaunt it, but like part of me, because I know that they're like more so more accepting of it now that it is legal i do try and test my limits to see how much i can get away with like talking about it or like like i went to jamaica with them and my brother and i fully smoked weed like in their faces Whoa. and um <laughs> and they were like fine i think they're just like um tacitly uh accepting of it they're not thrilled but they're like okay i guess you can do this we can't stop you from doing it and it's probably fine but we feel our responsibility as parents is to like slightly be still disapproving so even <laughs> after that if you are high at your house do you do you feel um anxiety if they give you a call while you're high like maybe i shouldn't talk to them even though uh, they know no, you can do it weirdly enough no like i don't think that has happened but if it did i would fully just tell them i'm high i think and i i, I don't think i would hide it and it's weird because there are there are a lot of other things that i would feel anxious about if they were to i don't know call me in the middle of but for some reason marijuana is just not one of those things i would just be like yep i'm high right now what do you want <laughs> <laughs> i hope for that kind of freedom i don't know why i have a hang up about it because i like she knows she's on my podcast my mom yeah but i would be I would be very uh, uh, concerned to have oh, to tell her so that I'm that I'm high. It's like oh. it, having to admit to doing something bad. <laughs> if <laughs> I admit that I do act. something bad in my life, it's still like a theoretical. But if yes. she's talking to me and I'm and I'm way too baked to follow what she's saying, I just feel like the disappointment would be too much for me. <laughs> yeah, I state. guess. It hits different when it's in real time and yeah. you have to actually be in it. Yeah. While you're high and trying to deal yeah. with it. <laughs> but that's great. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take your, your bravery on and just uh just <laughs> try it. You know, I'm you gonna, never know. I'll be like, Sorry, Dad, I'm I'm high today. I can't I can't do it. Yeah, with I can't you know what so I thought I've learned one thing about you know, my, and my parents are very, very different people than me, but they pleasantly surprise me a lot of the time. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's nice. Yeah, you're yeah. giving them the opportunity to prove yes. your your worst uh, yeah. anxiety about them wrong. That's pretty. Yeah, cool, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we we came on. We, it, it's it's a whole uh, uh, it's a whole mess of firsts in this episode because yeah. we're we're doing a Canadian movie for the first time, but we're also doing uh, edibles for the first time. Everyone else has okay. been smoking something. Everyone has been smoking. Okay. So this yeah. is very, I'm honored then to, to uh, this, this crowning achievement for your podcast, this <laughs> debut of Canadian movie. You know that this is the, so this is actually um, my second time talking about this movie on a podcast, on a movie podcast, oh. and, but my first time uh, watching it high or talking 
I'm not high right now, but it's my first time like, um, yeah, watching it high and, and talking about it from that perspective. Oh, man. It's my go-to movie for some reason. I just really <laughs> like it and I like horror and it's, I just like that Canadian cult classic um, vibe it has and I just feel like it's not talked about enough. So anytime I have a chance to bring it up, I like to. I agree. I think I think it's great. I'm I'm excited to hear about the the differences between uh, watching it sober and watching it on on an edible. And the edible yeah. that we uh, used today to get high mm. was Edison's gingerbread milk chocolate bites. Yeah, they were tr- oh, they were fancy. They were truffles. Truffles. Bougie, bougie highs. So uh, uh, they come. They uh, there. It's ten milligrams of THC in a package. Um, each each comes with two like circular. They're sort of like lint chocolate, like circle yeah. bites or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, what was your experience with them? Did you did you uh, like the taste? Did they did you taste the weed in it? Um, yeah, so I, I've, I liked the chocolates like they, this was a good choice, uh, thematically because it was, they were, they were gingerbread chocolate sure. flavored. So we figured that's cute, yeah. you know, ginger snaps, ginger chocolate, Absolutely. but, um, they were good. I liked them. They, um, did I taste the weed? I think so a little bit, but yeah. not, it wasn't like super strong tasting no overpowering chocolatey yeah yeah yeah. i i was really surprised i tend to i tend to stay away from the the legal um uh the legal markets edibles Mm -hmm. right now because 10 milligrams is not a lot for me like my tolerance for edibles is very high okay so i actually had to get four boxes of these (laughs) did you really wow okay um, but that, yeah, I was surprised because when you get into the stronger kind of edibles that I usually mm-hmm. make for myself, I'm always fighting, like making the taste something that you're still enjoying rather than just yeah. like, choking it down because there's drugs. In yes, it and I need to totally. So I, I know, was and that's by the, the, taste. the dilemma too of edibles. It's like, sometimes it's like, sometimes it's hard to know. Like, it's like do I want to get high or am I just hungry? Do I just want a snack? <laughs> and then sometimes you just want a snack, but that's all you have. And you're like, I guess I'm just getting high as a byproduct of having the munchies already. Just wanting to have a chocolate. I guess I'm getting high now um, as like the sacrifice. But um, th- I also didn't taste gingerbread that strongly either there's like a faint hint of it yeah and there's like some hard i think there's like it's like like it's a it's a very creamy like milk chocolate Mm -hmm. texture or whatever but there are uh, like some uh i don't know kind of spicy hard bits in it yeah that i was uh crunching on a little bit and i think i i I think that it would i think the gingerbread in the chocolate like the chocolate's already doing so much i think if Mm -hmm. you tried to overwhelm that taste with the gingerbread it wouldn't be an enjoyable experience no you probably want to temper it a little bit because the weed the ginger the chocolate it's all you don't want to go too hard with that yeah but the taste of i i find that the taste of most weeds for edibles uh when you try to use sweets to combat it you're really like playing a game of rather than um uh working with the taste of the weed you're trying to mask it entirely yeah and it's impossible to mask it completely (laughs) yeah yeah but things like uh uh like cheese and like spices and uh Mm -hmm. more savory rather than sweet things i find complement 
the oh, kind okay. of musky, dirty, uh, yeah. uh, like gardeny taste of the weed. And I think right. the gingerbread sort of helps with that because it's, uh, yeah, a little bit spicier, a little bit something different than you're not used to having with a milk chocolate treat. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know because I don't think I've actually ever had a savory edible. I think I only ever have desserts. I usually get um, shatter bars. I like those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. they have a lot of good flavors. Those are pretty good. Those are good quality dessert chocolates. Like that. Yeah. They put a lot of <laughs> fine ingredients into like the toffee crunch and like all these different flavors. So I, I, but you can taste weed pretty strongly in those two, though, I find. Yeah, so, you can. Yeah, it's a the, delicate balance. Because it is in the legacy market, too, there's uh, the amount of um, uh, regulations are not as high mm -hmm. on them. And so right. sometimes you get a whole bar and it'll say like a thousand milligrams or whatever. But that doesn't mean that each piece of the shatter bar is an equal amount. So sometimes right. you can take one and be like, oh, I didn't get much weed at all. Maybe I'll take two next time. But then right. the two that you take next time have like 50 milligrams in them. And you're like, oh, right. no. <laughs> yeah. Where are those peppercorns? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta bust out the peppercorn. Yeah. <laughs> so I do hope that there's somewhere in the in the legal market, they're going to eventually be able to, without the cap of 10 milligrams, be able to create edibles that will work for people of varying uh tolerances uh but also have the regulations enough in place that the companies are able to make a consistent product because knowing yeah. going into this one with the edison bites that it's 10 milligrams for the whole package which means that there's for sure five in one and five in the other mm -hmm. is uh there's peace of mind in that and being able to track there's so many other variables of taking an edible into how high you're going to get and how good of a time you're going to have that you don't want one of those variables not being not knowing how much is in the thing that you're taking. Yeah, for sure. The, if we know anything about uh, government regulated weed, it's that they love precision. They love real exactness and That's having right. everything down to the exact number and measure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they just got to open up so that they can uh, <laughs> give some stuff to the, the people who need a little stronger as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the weed that was used in the edible is grown in Moncton, New Brunswick, where Edison oh. sort of has their, their uh, place. It's a hybrid plant type. Usually that, I mean, uh, most edible places are when they're taking the plant extract they're taking it from a bunch of different kinds that they have because turning it into um using the extraction process that they have they don't want to just do one type of plant right uh, because that's too expensive and and they have a bunch of this shake that's left over from the trimmings of their other stuff so they can just kind of throw it all in a thing have it just call it hybrid and then uh, be in the in the in the clear uh but i didn't find it to be overly like sleepy like an indica i didn't find it to be overly like uh cerebrally stimulating like uh, a straight sativa so i mean calling it a hybrid is probably pretty accurate yeah i would think i would say the same yeah 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 i mean but i think i also have well maybe I, it's been i spent the first part of the pandemic 
high a lot. Yeah. And then this just these past few months, I just ha- I have like such a, a huge supply of weed, both in like uh, pre rolls and uh, and edibles and stuff. And then I ran out, and then I just kind of like stopped getting high just because I was too lazy to restock. <laughs> and so it had actually been a while since uh, that I had actually even been high at all. So I, I don't know if you know that affected my tolerance, but I felt pretty high considering that i mostly ingest edibles and i usually have pretty high dosages so yeah. maybe i was just a little bit rusty and i was like i was hit pretty hard and not pretty hard i don't know i wasn't like uh you know melted to the couch high but it was like it was a pretty noticeable high but yeah, yeah i would say it was a good combination of like that that hybrid uh it wasn't too much one or the other i wasn't like out like a light and i wasn't like super loopy or anything yeah one of the things I was learning about uh, a, a friend of mine who was on the podcast uh, uh, earlier, Michelle Schuster, is a, a, a key lead superette. She was talking about they they've been doing some research into um, when you're doing extraction methods for THC, you have to be very uh, cognizant about the temperature setting that you okay. get, how high you're getting it, because you want to extract the THC without burning it off completely. Right. Um, and they're saying that if you have an overly acidic stomach, that acid, the stomach acid can actually burn off the THC because of the temperature that it brings it to. Oh. So if you pop an antacid before it, that can quell some of those effects and you can keep all the THC that's going into your system without burning off any of it before it makes it to your bloodstream. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It's a, wow. it's a crazy thing. It's yeah. A crazy thing. <laughs> so they say uh, Edison says uh, they are a, uh, they use classic chocolatier practices combined with modern extraction techniques to create edible innovation. <laughs> wow, that's so fancy. That's very even fancy. just using the word chocolatier. I was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> this is not just chocolate. <laughs> I know it's not spelled That's this a- way, but I think about like like the Rocketeer or the, the <laughs> like uh, uh, I f- I feel like yeah a bunch of chocolate like uh, people in uniform like marching yeah. down the square. Yeah, we. I don't know if you um you didn't you didn't grow up around here, did you? No, did you I grew up in Saskatchewan. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, then I don't know if they had this out there, but uh, there was like this um chocolate store that was in most malls um called the nutty chocolatier and it was like bougie chocolate it was like where you go if you want if you don't want your grandma's candy bar you go to the nutty chocolatier to get like premium gourmet chocolate and they have like elaborate descriptions of everything they do um but it's also like but you know but you're also in a mall so it can't be that (laughs) high-end upscale chocolate but every time i hear the word chocolatier i'm think of like Oh, this is some like Willy Wonka shit. <laughs> <laughs> People who have given their entire lives to yes. perfect chocolate. Much has been sacrificed for us to enjoy these edible these edible innovations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can make a fun, a fun of somebody who like really likes the cacao plant or whatever, but I suppose <laughs> I did make a podcast about pot, so <laughs> I would love I to hear out. a podcast about cacao. Like just <laughs> Someone who's just really passionate really about passionate. chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a fancy way of saying they they try to make good chocolate and mm-hmm. uh, try to make it strong and and uh, tasty. Would you say that they 
uh, fulfilled their uh, uh, quota in that? <laughs> okay, well, you know what? I mean, this is all good information to have because honestly, like, I wasn't going into this thinking that this was like chocolatier level <laughs> stuff. Like, and I, if I wish I had known that, because maybe I would have uh, evaluated my my tasting experience more. You know. Sure with more scruples but i didn't i was just like i'm gonna get high but now that i think about it like it's good but it wasn't like lindor it wasn't what no. it, it looked like it but it wasn't like lindor has that like um very interesting sensation that i don't know if you know how they do this but like on the inside where it's like cool and then it's like melty yeah. it's like a different consistency than the outside that's impressive to me yeah i agree but yeah. they didn't have that on this one to me this was like it was good it wasn't like didn't you know send me to the moon or anything like that <laughs> nor did i expect it to i don't know maybe i have low expectations for my edibles because i'm not really eating them for the culinary experience i guess <laughs> i guess it's moving towards that just because it because of the 10 milligram cap usually when you're yeah. talking about edibles you're talking about the strength of them like people are like yes. you gotta have this one because this one's really gonna take you there yeah but now that with everyone across the board having this 10 milligram cap, the only thing that companies can do to differentiate their product is to have uh, the tasting experience, the experience of mm -hmm. actually doing the edible be uh, uh, remarkable and using uh, very fancy words to describe it. Yeah, I well, suppose. I respect I respect that. Um, but respect then if the I were to rate it from a ch as from a chocolate perspective. Yeah purely then i would say i would like maybe six or seven out of, out of ten okay. my rating of it what would be your rating for uh the weed level out of ten um in terms of like potency sure yeah kind of the same yeah six, six or, or seven. seven yeah that's fair yeah. The uh the yeah I I would I would agree with that I I had to I had to do a bunch I understood what I was more, getting yeah. into but I uh yeah I would like it to be stronger I would like it to yeah have have uh, if they're touting this chocolatier experience I would like to have a little <laughs> bit of that in the oh. yeah you can't just throw around vocabulary <laughs> like that without delivering the full chocolatier experience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the only other thing that I, I took a look at, I was looking through their ingredients list, and <laughs> one thing that they had under there that was very suspect was it contains vegetable oil and or canola oil and or palm oil. Oh, so and or and or yeah oh, that's so, you, palm oil is not the kind of thing you want and or about. Uh, uh, that's a that's a <laughs> question that know. people are gonna ask because yeah. you know you use vegetable oil then yeah. <laughs> if you're using and or all this all this stuff maybe shit yeah, yeah come on save a rainforest Edison. yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our first segment, Courtney, and that means it's time for the first game. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Let's this game is called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. In It to Minute. Okay. This is the game where you, the guest, have exactly 60 seconds to tell all of the events that take place in the movie we did, which is... Oh, my God. Ginger That's Snaps. So much, okay. It's uh -oh. a lot of pressure. No yeah. one's done it yet. So we're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end. If you can get there, but you only have 60 seconds. So oh are God. you ready, Courtney? Yeah. 
All right, tell us what happens in Ginger Snaps. In it to minute, go! Okay, these two sisters are coming into their adolescence, and one of them gets their period, and uh, she goes out in the woods, and the town is uh, at the same time being stalked by this night creature, and he, uh, this night creature gets her in the middle of the night and bites her. Turns out to be a werewolf, and now she's a werewolf, and she has her period. Very important uh, correlation. And uh, so they put a silver thing in her belly button. They pierce her belly button so that she's not freaking on the attack constantly. Um, she uh, battles with the lycanthrope life. Uh, and Oh shit! And then uh, her sister tries to save her so that she doesn't isn't a damage to herself and others. Uh, but she is, and it's kind of too late. Um. <laughs> and then some other stuff. It's really bloody. And then there's a big showdown in the high school. And uh, okay. That's it. <laughs> I think I'm at the end. That's great. <laughs> that was not. You couldn't put that on the back of the DVD cover. That would not be very <laughs> cohesive. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely. If the Netflix or like Amazon Prime just had a thing where instead of the stupid copy that they write with three sentences yeah. that don't really make any sense, just have somebody try to explain it to them really quickly. Ah, yeah. it's about a guy. It's and a, the, the, there's it's a girl. Yeah. It'd be more interesting. I think if people had to describe it frantically. I love that. I would love that so much. <laughs> All right, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Let's Bogart, where we have Courtney Gilmore, and she's going to tell us what she thinks about Ginger Snap. Stay tuned. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, buds. I should be interrupting the conversation for a quick second to tell you about an organization we here at Let's Bogart think is worth paying attention to, and that is the War Amps. The War Amps is an association that continues to serve war amputees and all Canadian amputees, including children, through, among other things, providing financial assistance to amputees for their artificial limbs. Now, I'm going to tell you about their key tag service. Their key tag service program directly helps Canadian amputees to cover the exorbitant costs of artificial limbs. War Amps key tags safeguard your keys, including expensive to replace car fobs. This key tag service is free and it works. It's free. So how do the key tags work? Key tags are mailed to Canadians once a year. All you do then is attach a confidentially coded War Amps key tag to your key ring. It is registered only to your name and address, and if you lose your keys, the finder can call the number on the back of the tag or drop them in any mailbox in Canada, and the War Amps will return your keys to you by courier free of charge. Since amputee veterans started the key tag service in 1946, more than 1.5 million sets of lost keys have been returned to their owners. Key tags are produced in Canada at the War Amps Sheltered Workshop, employing people with disabilities. So the key tag service is free, but if you find value in the War Amps programs and services, you can always choose to make a donation. So get this key tag service, donate using e-transfer, PayPal, or directly through their secure server at waramps.ca. So what are you waiting for? And the next time you're about to lose your keys, get those keys secure and donate to waramps.ca. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now back to the conversation. So Ginger Snaps, you said you recorded about this movie on another podcast. Did you choose yes. Ginger Snaps for that podcast? I did, yes. And um, 
Yeah, because they were looking they were looking for like uh, horror movies to talk about, and I think they might have been looking for like specifically Canadian, but um, that was my choice. And um, I just really I like this movie a lot. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's campy, but also kind of but also sincere. And I like that combination. I love Catherine Isabel, the girl who plays uh, Ginger. I think she's a brilliant actress. Yeah. Um, I love teens who can make a teen movie like believable as teens. Like yeah. they were so. I just, I just thought they were so good at their roles, and um, and I don't know. I I like the whole coming of. I like the the metaphors and the coming of age and the menstruation and everything and turning into a monster it's all very interesting to me so as a a horror fan i like this this little campy classic amen and what (laughs) uh, when was the first time that you saw it do you remember seeing it for the first Um, time hmm. maybe like 10 years ago or so i don't know how old is it even it came out like uh, 2000 so 20 years 2000 yeah yeah i mean i think i was pretty late to watching it compared to when it came out but like once i got on that train i i watched it several times and then um yeah, then I was talking about it on on podcasts. I guess it's like I'm. Sometimes it feels like I'm touring the movie, and I'm not even in it. <laughs> I'm just like promoting it. I'm like I have no affiliation whatsoever, um, but well, I just like it. They're turning it into a TV show, so there's still a chance that you uh, you can be. No, they're an not. Producer. Are they? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it, as what? of October 2020, <gasps> they're in the midst of uh, 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 building it into a TV show now. What? Yeah. With the obvi- not with the same people. No, I think that yeah, I think I think the creators are involved, but I think okay. the actors are yeah. It, okay. A little long in the That's cool. Though. Yeah, it's it's cool that it keeps having a life. Obviously, like it, yeah. it spawned two sequels that the the actors yeah. came back for, and uh, uh, they filmed back to back. They were really mm-hmm. confident with the uh, the cult status of. Yeah, of, yeah, very impressive. Yeah. Very cool. When it when it first came out, it didn't uh, like it, it. It did well in the theaters for a Canadian film. Mm-hmm. It was like the fifth highest grossing movie of the year that it came out yep. uh, for Canada. Um, but it really found its audience on DVD, like you said, like mm-hmm. it, after its initial release. Uh, yeah, it became a real underground cult classic, which is where a lot of horror movies get really worshipped by and found by the the people right you you find yeah. the, the fans who are looking for that kind of movie yeah and it's so what i like about it i was going to compare it to another movie that i actually saw recently which is canadian um and horror but i, I can't remember the name of it but like there is of like a canadian vibe to it that i really like where it's like I don't know. I think Canadians they they do horror well sometimes, like especially teen teen stuff too. Like um they're not afraid to just go super dark. Um in a very like real visceral way whereas I feel like with a lot of American movies, even like teen shows, like not even horror like do like Degrassi and stuff. Like Canadians are always like we're talking about abortion today on Degrassi or whatever. Like they're not afraid to just like go in and be really intense. And I really have always appreciated that about Canadian Canadian entertainment. It's like it's a totally it's a whole different thing than than American. It's not so glossy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not trying like uh there's something about not needing to appeal to yeah. the widest possible audience. And I yes. think maybe that comes from being a working artist in Canada. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, sometimes feeling like, you know, America and the U.S. is not really going to care about the mm-hmm. stuff that we're doing up here. So we we don't yeah. have to appeal to the like Bible Belt states. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think in in in, you know, cornering those niche markets, it actually does end up getting more widespread attention because of that. Which is the sort of weird thing about the more specific you make it to an experience, the more universal uh, its Mm -hmm. appeal becomes. Yes. Yeah, totally. And yeah, for a teen show too, like this one like does not shy away from violence does not shy away mm. the language in it is yep. <laughs> uh, the little, yeah yeah my mom would hate the language yeah, of this for a parent in fact it would be atrocious yeah oh, absolutely so good. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they looked i don't know how old they were at the time of filming but they looked their age um, yeah like roughly so and uh i also appreciate that that Canadian teens always seem to be Canadian teens. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the, the 25, 26 year olds yeah. who are, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Populating US teen shows. Uh, yeah. What I did find interesting is Emily Perkins, who plays Bridget, is actually four years older than Catherine Isabel. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They played the younger, the younger right. sister. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There's one of those things. And they're perfect together. Those, yeah. those two had such interesting dynamic yep. chemistry yes absolutely yeah they really did they just they had great chemistry you know one is a little a little bit more like they have a lot of commonalities but one is like more of a stronger dominant personality and they mm-hmm. just kind of come together and work together well and yeah i really liked it and then it's like you know together them versus the world i love that teen angst yeah. um yeah and a great arc too to put in a movie like the, obviously with the the metaphor of it being like like a a, um, a girl's ascent into becoming a woman and and mm-hmm. uh, puberty being sort of the changing werewolf thing inside her having an arc be about the relationship between two sisters and having mm-hmm. them be like so together and so yeah. uh, the same and then one becomes. Uh, like has gets her period and starts going through puberty and becomes a different person and we see them and the younger sister having to cut her carve her own path in her life suddenly without having the the strength of of uh, unity with her older sister yeah and sort of that uh dynamic that i imagine is is true to life i don't have a sister but i know that even you know when you're growing up as a girl and and you're close to that time of your life and maybe your friends or sisters with someone who's younger than you. It's like, no matter how close you are, this weird physiological thing that happens to you can like create a divide in your relationship, which is, it's so weird, but so true. And I liked, you know, like the younger sister, like she's not there yet, but she's like, there's like this sense of dread. Like you don't want to become this, you don't want to be the person that the period that you, you know turning you into a woman who it makes you because there's even a line where she says she's like 
it's towards the end where like she's pretending to drink like the blood and she's like trying to act like a wolf or two. Yeah. And then she's like, no, I can't do it. And she's like, I'd rather be dead than what you are. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and rather, that's so, that reminded me of like when I was like 10 or 11, I was like watching other girls go through these crazy symptoms that just seemed so intense. I'm like, I would rather be dead than, than that. I don't want to <laughs> grow up and be that. That's the last thing that I want to be. So, yeah, very interesting. That is interesting. And that's such a dread, too. Like, because puberty happens to boys as well. But there mm-hmm. isn't that existential dread that this movie seems to have that I've, I've yes. heard uh, uh, women in my life talk to me about. That it, where men, uh, boys becoming men is a lot of like, oh, good for you, son, yes. whatever. Like that kind of feeling. And there's not the, the yeah, that dread of of growing up that mm-hmm, that women mm-hmm. are subjected to yeah it's like yeah it is a real combination of like kind of excitement but also like this this is it now now i'm a woman and now things are very very different and there's a lot to sacrifice now because now i'm going to be you know um objectified sexualized wow. preyed upon potentially uh yeah. you know there's a lot to dread about just that transition and so yeah yeah that could, this movie captured that very well metaphorically i think absolutely they talk- there were parts when i was like and i mean watching this high was a very very different experience <laughs> i don't think i was prepared for how different i don't know if that's a segment i don't know if you want me to get into that aspect of it yet yeah, that's a yeah. Later what, segment, so but- for for a movie that you've watched <laughs> uh, numerous times how many times yeah. did you say you've, you've seen the film uh, at least 20 times sure, like a number okay. of times yeah yeah, yeah yeah so what what was different about uh uh this experience watching it high that perhaps uh, you didn't experience the other 20 times that you've seen it. Um, yeah, well, honestly, my first thoughts, like just in the pairing of this strain with this movie, yeah. to me, I don't know what your experience was, but for mine, I would call it a colossal mistake. This was not <laughs> a pairing that was good for me. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't like a nightmare like it could have been, but it was so... It was so contrasting. It it wasn't the right. It was like this weed was asking for a different experience and a different movie than the one that I was watching. And it was like, um, I felt more. I mean, I watch a lot of a lot of horror and I also watch a lot like gore is not really my my preferred genre. But um, but I will watch a lot of campy stuff, like even just like scream or you're next or whatever, like stuff where there is a lot of blood and stuff but this was like um for some reason just felt very very visceral to me and like i was like oh my god this is so grotesque like so much blood and like the sounds were were weirding me out the sound like the crunching sounds and the guy who's like blood and gushes yeah Yeah. it was all way more sensational than than when i'm sober and like i took notes and stuff and i could see i'm like looking at them now I, i can see where things devolved and dropped <laughs> off <laughs> like, i i even have like one of my notes is like oh the first thing i wrote was like their quote that their their mantra they're out what is it out by 16 or dead dead on the scene or together forever scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah dead on the scene and then um 
I was just kind of like commenting on things that I liked about it. And then the, as I was, the weed was like really setting and I was like, hmm, this is a weird choice, Courtney. Like, this is a weird pairing. Um, <laughs> the, the parts that I really liked, um, the parts that were good, though, because of the weed that were seemed to be heightened were like when she has her f- official transformation mm-hmm. and she accepts it and does that whole like catwalk strut into school. Yeah. That was like. Oh my god, I was like doing a lap. I was like, yes, this is your moment. Shine. <laughs> I was super into that part for sure because of the weed. <laughs> and her performance of that is incredible oh, yeah. too. Because before that she she's in like like hoodies and, and her posture mm-hmm. is sort of hunched in on yeah, so to hide herself. Yeah. And so being able to then burst out and have a a glow up moment in high school. Yep. And I was like, oh god. I I never really had that moment in in high school. <laughs> but it's it such must a be, dream. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to walk in the next day and people saw you yesterday, but now mm-hmm. you're completely now you're different. different. Yeah. yeah. Now you have confidence. Yeah. 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 Um. I also wrote down. I wrote down. Um. Yeah. This is where the weed was. Like I wrote down. There's too much puking and gurgling. <laughs> it was the sounds that were doing it for me. Um yeah. Uh also I oh man, the the deadpan dialogue was so great too though. Wasn't I really it? appreciated that. Yeah. Even they when say like pretty ridiculous things. I, I wrote down yeah. um uh <laughs> well that's what guys want. Some of them might seem cool or different, but they're pretty much all the same. Yeah. I was like, that's that's incredible. <laughs> incredible yeah G- ginger um, and bridget she goes pervert she's 15 ginger wait outside for me fine he rapes you don't come crying i'll be at home bridget's like she's just freaking sam's like um i do not think of you that way and bridget rolls her eyes <laughs> yeah like, the attitude of it is so like in line with the marketing like the mark they marketed this movie like it was like the craft right like it was it was yeah. gonna be that kind of like teen um uh 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 dark uh uh horror goth kind of thing but then it's it pulls no punches where the craft uh, i think it was r but it's probably 14a canadian this mm-hmm. is like a full 18a canadian yeah they yeah. do not shy away from it just because it's a teen movie not at all not at all which is again that is something that i really appreciate about that about this movie yeah. um the guy uh jason the yeah. kid um First of all, that kid has been in everything in, yeah, in Canada. His, he's been his in everything. Is incredible. Yeah, his, yeah, and you especially if you grew up like in Canada as a kid, like you've probably seen him in so like he's in Are You Afraid of the Dark? He's <laughs> yeah. in like little odds little odd, you know, parts uh in, in shows. Um but uh Oh yeah, where he like walks up, even when he like walks up to like ask Ginger out, and then Ginger just does like this long stare at him, and he's just like, um, "No, I love that." Part so, so, much. Good. so good. Yeah, the comedy was really dry. It was yeah, super, totally super super dry, and the performers yeah. and writing were really great. Yeah, and they had I, I liked their sideline roasts like when um like when they're watching the game on the field and they're just like off to the side just like roasting everybody and making yeah. fun of Trina St. Clair, which is the most high school popular girl name ever, <laughs> Trina St. Clair. Clair. Or Sinclair, yeah. <laughs> Sinclair, yeah. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> and the beating her up scene was really brutal. 
Oh my god. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Absolutely. Holy shit. Um and then oh yeah, and then <laughs> one high thing I wrote was uh when they're in the van and she's smoking. Yeah. Um Okay, there's this like a two part comment. So she's they show her smoking in the van and then the guy Sam uh is on the as outside and he's like drinking something while lean, leaning against the van. Yeah. And I wrote down I was like I was like, coughing while smoking actually does happen a lot. Like, you know how that's like said to become such a trope? Like, yeah. we're, like you take a drag and then you're just like. <laughs> but yeah. then I was thinking about it. I was like, that, that, when you're a kid, though, that probably does happen a lot. Like, Absolutely. coughing while you're smoking probably does happen a lot. Especially when you're first trying it out. Yeah. And you're, you're not used to smoke being in your lungs and you're. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. However, I, I, but then I felt like I was like, well, drinking while leaning against a van probably doesn't happen a lot, though. That seems to be the thing that should be more unbelievable. <laughs> this guy's just casually against the van, just taking a swig. No way. That well, didn't I'll, happen. I'll tell you what. I, I grew up in Saskatchewan and bush parties were the big thing. And so everyone yeah? would be like hanging out and bring a bunch of like cars and trucks. <laughs> have one person with the sound system that's only okay. a subwoofer and nothing else. <laughs> and then that's what you did when you were drinking. Just against the van against it van wow. yeah. so it is real it's a okay. real thing it's very it's it's maybe not um <laughs> ontario <laughs> suburbia yeah maybe more rural canadian yeah, yeah. okay wow that's interesting yeah so i mean on all levels there's the, the canadian identity is very mm -hmm. alive in this movie <laughs> It just seems so cool. Like, such a cool guy. Like, how could anyone be so cool? Well, that's the thing. If you that? have a makeup artist and you have a lighter and you have a cinematographer and mm -hmm. uh, you're a professional actor who has some <laughs> yeah. roles under your belt, I'm sure you can make it look real cool. When yeah. teenagers in Saskatchewan are doing it at a bush party, they don't look nearly as cool <laughs> as they think they do. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, when they were buying uh, tampons for the first uh -huh. time, that was so dramatic. Um, the wall of it, like looking yeah. up and it's just the whole frame <laughs> is just filled with different ones. All life yep. brand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that life brand. Life yeah. Brand. It was such a dramatic thing. I was yeah. like, wow, this is always, I think that was intensified too by my high, my high experience watching. I was like, was it always this dramatic? Is it that? But it does feel like that when you, when you do have a first period, everything does feel that dramatic. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's not twice. nearly as dramatic, but I, I know at being a, 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 a person who has a, a female fiance, I've had to mm -hmm. buy for her before. And right. being a guy, never having any experience with any of the brands or what you should be looking for, what I remember being in like a shopper's drug mart and there being like three other guys who are all standing around looking at their phone and looking back at the wall, looking at the phone again, looking back at the wall. I'm like, yeah, we're all in this together, boys. We got to get the right yeah. one. It's an overwhelming thing. It is overwhelming. And like, it's so specific, like people's preferences. So you really have to, it's not like just taking a coffee order. Like you have to know exactly, like there's just so many variables, so many options. Yeah. If you've got uh, a coffee order wrong, the, the worst yeah. thing that happens is the person has to drink coffee that they don't exactly. Really like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not the same as no. you get you get the wrong tampons or pads or whatever and it's like the day is ruined. You have to go back. <laughs> the you talked about the sound design. It was mm -hmm. it was really amazing and the 
like the budget for this movie is five million dollars, which uh, I mean, for a Canadian film is like uh, in two thousand is is yeah. uh, uh, good, but not. I, I I think this movie is much longer and more involved than a five million dollar movie yeah and i think that they like paul jones doing the creature effects and stuff like Mm -hmm. some of the some of the some of the shots of the 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 wolf don't (laughs) necessarily hold up in 2021 but what (laughs) what from 2000 does show up or uh uh, hold up in 2021 probably not a lot but it does feel like the the sound design and the things that they did have control over were used really creatively to create the um the feeling that you're supposed to be having with it yeah definitely definitely i know they i mean they added like a good amount of scares too like even just like the creepy feeling or like you know the thrill of it yeah Mm -hmm. they i think that um even if they're their wolf designs or whatever are, are outdated by now you can still kind of capture all that the spooks that were originally intended you can con- condense that movie like with the werewolf parts yeah. where, where she's like full werewolf you could easily make that a goosebumps episode i feel absolutely that was reminiscent of goosebumps yeah. to me <laughs> which also a canadian production around that time yeah, probably had exactly. some of the same crew members yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but the scene where where she first gets bit by the uh, uh, the werewolf and the, mm-hmm. the first attack happens and you don't yeah. see much of that first werewolf, I yeah. thought that was really effective. Like, it yeah. still holds up today with the Dutch angles and everything really close and just seeing the reactions do and hearing yeah. the sound of her screaming and not being able to know where her sister is. and. Yeah, they had that whole, like, you know, a little bit at the beginning of the, like, the less is more effects. We're just, like, hearing things and not necessarily seeing it. I thought that was very effective, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, horrifying to watch while high. I was just, like, (laughs) really just trying to power through this movie. I I just felt like I should be doing yoga is what that weed made me feel. I felt like it was very relaxing for me. Mm -hmm. And so it just felt like everything else felt so jarring in comparison. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty... I feel like I I love horror too, but I'm I'm very desensitized. I and mm-hmm. I I want it uh, to be scared. I really have to be in a in a very vulnerable position, yes. and I feel like smoking weed helps me get to that place of innocence where I haven't seen as many movies yeah. as I've seen, or the behind the scenes thing to be like, how did they make it, and mm-hmm. like wanting to be interested in that rather than being emotionally in the moment and just experiencing it. Yeah, that's true. There is that because I definitely because of how much horror I do watch on a regular basis, I do feel like sober that I am desensitized to most of it. Like, I don't get scared that easily. I have a lot of horror movies like just playing in the background in my house. Like I just like have it's like white noise. Like it's t- probably really bad for my mind, but like I just have it on all the time. And it rarely aff- like I don't even think about it. It rarely yeah. like affects me. Like I-, I feel like um like have you read there's a study that just um I don't know how long ago it was done, but they I, I read it recently where it was talking about how in the pandemic a lot of people are realizing um the 
the the benefits of comfort viewing for your anxiety like your anxiety is really put at bay by continuously watching the same things that you love to watch because of the fact that you know what's gonna happen yeah so people like you know end up watching friends or whatever shows all the time yeah because it's just like it's not anxiety inducing it's just it's the same familiar and like as weird as it is like i think that's become horror has become that for me to a sense like even if i don't know what's gonna happen i still kind of know what's gonna happen like especially like netflix horror like i'm like you you know the pick of the litter there is like usually pretty predictable um so i have it on all the time but i think when i'm high I'm just so like it's more I I either forget things or things just hit very different like the yeah. sensational parts of it that I don't usually react to sober all of a sudden I'm responding to differently while I'm high so yeah that is actually a, a really good point where you can kind of go back to that place of feeling like titillated as if it's you know your first time watching it again yeah well and when you're watching like horror and comedy like the the uh, the whole method that they're using is ratcheting up tension and then breaking it. So if you do know what's going to happen, it does become sort of just everything is the same. Oh, I I know that this is the part where the shark is going to come out in Jaws and bite the guy. Like, so you don't have any of that same feeling that the filmmaker was originally intending. If you know what the setup for a joke is and you say the punchline along with the guy, yeah, and you don't uh, you you don't get that same impact. But having mm-hmm. the weed maybe makes you look at a, a a movie that you've seen a bunch of times in a different way. Yeah, it lets your guard down a little bit more. And yeah. I hadn't seen it had been a while since I had seen Ginger Snaps. So you know, even though I I did like it's like one of those movies where when I was high, I know what was going to happen, but I was kind of remembering it as it was happening. I sure. probably couldn't have recalled it off the top of my head in that state. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things I loved in the the trivia of this movie is that there's a, a point where over the PA system, an uncredited actor is calling out uh, uh, to, for to come to the office, Samuel and Theodore Ramey. Um, and uh the uncredited voice is lucy lawless and theodore and samuel ramey is ted ramey who starred with her in xena warrior princess and sam ramey who is the executive producer oh cool it's a little like easter eggs that yeah that's very cool and why Lucy Lawless was found to (laughs) do this Canadian feature (laughs) i don't know maybe she was just shooting something in toronto (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) uh that's so interesting um i'm yeah i'm a big i'm a huge sam raimi fan so i like any kind of fun facts that involve um yeah i I mean and and some of this like um like do you like the i like the movie uh drag me to hell a lot love drag me yeah and so like a lot of the the reason why i like movies like that is because of their mastery of being able to combine all these elements of like comedy and horror together but in a way that it's like still horror to me and not predominantly funny or not making fun of itself which like evil dead 2 is kind of 
Like yes. You, you don't I, really okay. Get I'm that exactly. I'm not really like a big, fan, big Evil Dead fan, but it's not. Yeah. Be, every time I say that, I think people think that I don't get it. I do get it, and I don't even dislike it. It's just like yeah. it's not my go. It's like there are certain movies that are kind of in that in between phase where it's like if I'm in the mood for something kind of spooky but campy i'm not gonna go to mm-hmm. evil dead because even that still feels like something else to me i don't know yeah. why um where do you go where, where uh, are there other than ginger snaps are there certain scream for you? scream Screaming. i love scream the scream franchise i will watch all of those i just devour those to me that gives me the set that same well but more campy than and more funny than ginger snaps it's not as dark it's like it is still very glossy and like you know americanized um but i like like the scale like it's easy jump scares campy gore and also just like there's comedy that it's intentional comedy and then there's also comedy that they didn't mean because it's like 2000 whatever and like now it's just funny and ironic kind of way looking back at it that kind of thing (laughs) and cabin in the woods i like too that's a good horror that's like mix yeah still takes the horror seriously but the Mm -hmm. the comedy comes out of situations anyway yeah it it still yeah comedy dialogue and jokes and stuff but yeah 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 interesting yeah and you know i i do think that ginger snaps is doing something very different like i'm struggling to think of another movie like another horror movie that has this tone of horror and and comedy yeah i know it's so specific yeah because it's much darker than most of what you would call comedy like horror in in the in the states even now like i Mm -hmm. i don't think that anyone is quite doing what they had Uh, like karen walton uh uh, wrote the script and she wound up writing on on like uh uh what's it called uh orphan black Okay, Which yeah. I think okay. also has sort of like a really dark, takes itself very seriously, mm-hmm. but has moments of comedy, yes. moments of uh, uh, levity yeah, yes, within that. absolutely. And I think that that's Man, really I've... cool and a really cool tone and one that yeah. I would hope that uh, uh, Canada continues to, to produce. I hope so, too. Canada is really good at that. I just, yeah, I, I love Orphan Black, too. And yeah, I do. You're right. That tone is just like something very specific and something really unique to Canada. Um, and yeah. I think I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, Mimi Rogers, speaking of the comedy in this movie, Mimi Rogers as the mom is, I think, uh, outstanding. I think that she's... Yeah. Yeah, totally. uh, A lot on the page, but I think she brought a lot. She, she, uh, like her scenes seem to be written as a joke, right? Like her, her, Mm -hmm. her character, while being like a really three dimensional in in the the full uh, spectrum of what she's doing as a performer. I think on the page, she's sort of just the 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 positive mom, like the the suburban mom who they're railing against and rebelling against by becoming the goth, you know, disaffected teenagers yeah but i think she did i think she she plays it really like the period cake like all of that stuff is so <laughs> it's so absurd and so funny and so supportive and that they like react to that with like oh mom yeah, yeah. and yeah i like that that she's very try hard like she's as much as she is like disapproving of you know gin like the antics of the girls. She's mm-hmm. also like really wants their um 
she really still tries for their affection. Like, um, like, like when Ginger is like going full, like the, like the bite just happened and like things are starting to take like such a turn. And then there's one scene where she's like, she runs to the bathroom where she's like, I'm she leaves dinner and her mom's like, no, you can't go yet. And then she goes anyways. And then Bridget chases after her and then the mom is checking in on them and then Bridget's like she doesn't want to talk to you she thinks it's really cool when you let us figure our stuff out by ourselves like she loves it when you do that and the mom's like really and then you just see that like need for approval from her god oh, angsty and, teen daughter and then she's so able perfect. to turn it around on her yeah she's like I, I think it was yeah. something like uh, oh I wondered if that had been working like she had been doing it all along like, yeah. that was <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, man! She really brought something special to that role too. So funny when she's about to find the body in the freezer, and Bridget again is like, "Oh, yep. mom, what what do boys want?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah. my baby's coming to me. Go I can fulfill it. my my role as mother." It's it's so so yeah. funny. Classic teen, like knowing how to knowing the, what what buttons to push in their parents to kind of manipulate the situation. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I I heard uh, there was a line of dialogue that I heard her say. Promise, because uh, uh, the guy is asking her about what what's going on with Ginger, and she's like, Pro- "Promise not to call a freak show." I heard her say, "Promise not to call me a." Fr- Promise not to call her a freak show. And I was like, I, okay, I don't, yeah. I don't understand that. I, I don't. Do people call each other yeah. freak show? Freak show? Was that a two thousand thing? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was like a two thousand thing. Please, yeah. Do, promise not call to call me a freak. freak. Show. Promise not to call me a freak show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start using that uh, to other people. <laughs> I think it Absolutely. needs to come back. The, uh, the addition of, of, like, not just freak, because I know freak, freak that was, was like, thing. yeah, get out of here, you're freak, but, like, to really draw it out with freak well, show. I also love the idea that's a of whole other insult. to promise it. Not just say you won't, but <laughs> know, promise that you will not call not me a freak show once I say this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because they've, because they, it's like they've, they're learning the hard way. Like this has yeah, happened yeah. before. Someone has broken their trust and called them a freak show before. So now they have to up the ante by promise making you all the promise people in their lives not before they tell them anything embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> they're like going forward. I'm gonna have a disclaimer now before I'm gonna make people <laughs> verbally contractually agree. <laughs> <laughs> So this this film won the Canadian Comedy Award for best writing for Karen Walton, which I think Good. is so amazing. Well and it won best yes. Canadian film at TIFF that year. Yeah. Nice. So I think that it's uh, it's as far as Canadian horror goes, it's one of the pinnacles of what we have that's become successful mm-hmm. and show puts Canada it, on it the It is map. and it, it- I think it does, yeah. But you know, you wouldn't know it from, and this goes from every movie of the, of that era. But like recently, I was trying to introduce it to an American friend who had never heard of it before, and they watched the trailer and they're like, "This looks so bad from the trailer." And I was like, "No, don't go by the trailer. Trailers were just badly made then. Like they yeah. were they were spoilers. They to- they told too much, too much of like nothing." for like yeah. two minutes and it's just not a good thing to go on 
No. And then I watched and, it and I was like, yeah, this does not look good from the trailer. Yeah. And trailers, even maybe more than movies, uh, really don't age mm-hmm. well. Like they are made for the, no. the time in which they are doing and what yes. was popular around that time that this is aping and mm-hmm. trying to do again. And yeah, so you exactly I, I love going back and watching the 1989 Batman trailer for this reason, because okay. it has no yeah. cohesion at all. It's literally just a bunch of scenes that aren't really like there's no music underneath it to bring it all together. It's just a bunch of random <laughs> scenes from the thing. Like, isn't this cool? Like, That's go see so it. Funny. <laughs> so never trust a trailer. That's amazing. Never trust a trailer. I was watching uh, recently. I watched the movie uh, What Lies Beneath uh-huh. with Michelle Pfeiffer yeah, yeah. and Harrison Ford, which is like a really good softcore horror. Like it's not it's really scary, but it's like it's perfect for people. It's like when people uh, say they don't like spicy food and so you give them but they want to yeah. try it and so they, you give them like a tiny little be- little dollop of sur- <laughs> sriracha or something that's what what lies beneath is for people who don't like horror because it's just a perfect and then um but the trailer is so awful and it's like too long and it tells the entire story including the spoiler including the twist it tells oh, it no, in, in the, the trailer. trailer and i was like Yes, uh, it alludes to it very, very strongly. So it's like you you can't go you can't go with uh, '90s and 2000s trailers. Didn't know what they were doing, and I was like, I love the evolution of like um, they would do like the music, but then they would have you know remember the guy who like the in a world guy in or whatever world. like narrating the trailer. Weird yeah, and then snap. they escalated to. <laughs> and then they just went then they got rid of that guy yeah. and they're like instead of having a woman narrate it let's just have that bum, bum, every five seconds <laughs> the like Zimmer after thing, dialogue yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then that, those were just trailers and now they're just kind of they're kind of incohesive uh, scenes now I feel yeah. like I've seen a lot lately where I'm just like I don't know what that movie is about but yeah. it looks cool but I don't know what it's about yeah <laughs> There's an amazing movie uh, that Lake Bell did. Uh, I think it's called In a World, where it's about voiceover, okay. and she's a voiceover uh, artist who is vying for the position of that guy when he like retires. It's a pretty fun okay. movie. She directed it, and cool. it's 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 very cool. If you, I wish that we had gotten to see movie trailers with a with a woman voice. I think it's. I um, think so. Yeah. That would have been nice. We didn't get that ever because there was like a guy. Too... We didn't no, get that there's ever. A guy no. for comedy, there's a guy for horror, and there's a guy for action movies, and then yeah. they sort of moved on from it. And then just know? nothing. And I think it's too cheesy to bring back, though. I don't think we can no. bring that back. No. Having a voice now just seems yeah. too dated. You got to capitalize on the style right then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our second segment, which means it's time for another game. You ready for this one, Courtney? Woohoo! Okay, this is yeah, a game called Refurb Madness. Refurb Madness. Uh, rapid fire round. It's just opinion questions. You can have any opinion you want, okay. which is something I say to people, but I guess they know that, right? Everyone knows they can just have <laughs> like, the that we can have opinions that You're we not, want. Yeah, you don't. You I don't, don't know. I'm very have... easily swayed. If you tell me okay. to have a specific opinion, I might do it for the podcast. Uh-oh. 
All right. I will try to not be leading in my questions then, so you can get a real, a real honest yeah. answer out of you. All right. Number one, are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, a hybrid or dibrid or omnivore de bomnivore? I'm a sativa diva. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm big into sativa. Do you have a favorite sativa right now? Like strain? No, I don't because I I I'm not that knowledge. I'm not a connoisseur really of strains. I just sure. know what I like and then I forget what they are. <laughs> One of the side effects. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> All right, number two, your favorite movie featuring cannabis. Um, hmm. my favorite movie featuring cannabis. Have I even seen a lot of them? I don't even know. <laughs> What was that? Uh, I remember uh, Pineapple Express. Pineapple I saw Express. forever ago when it came out. Yeah, I remember liking that. It was. It's fun. It's a. It's a fun one. Is there a popular uh, selection that people go for? Uh, I mean, some people go to Cheech and Chong. A lot of people have yeah. gone to Dazed and Confused. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What else for for pot people? Um, um, I feel like I off the bat just think of pot comedy, like hot comedy. Yeah. There's not a lot of like pot horror or pot drama. <laughs> could be pot horror. <laughs> I think that, that could be a good new subgenre. Absolutely. I, I yeah. do believe that there was a I've never seen it, but Snoop Dogg was like the the Ooh. the villain or something in, in a horror oh, movie. Oh cool. And okay. So that would have been about Interesting. Pot. Okay. Well, I'm going to loosely go with Pineapple Express because it's the last one I can recall. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with? Um... I would... I would love to smoke with my mom. Because I think she would be really fun and funny. And she won't do. I've been trying yeah. to get to cut, try and convince her every year. I tr- I feel like I make a little bit of progress in trying to like get her to. But she still thinks of it the way I used to, where it was like heroin. Like she just thinks it's so yeah. dramatic. But I would. I think she would be really funny. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna say my mom and and keep trying it. Keep trying to get her. <laughs> oh God, we'll have to have you back on once you do actually crack the yeah uh, crack the veneer. <laughs> <the> <laughs> That's be great. A uh, fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Um, hmm. Fictional or real place? I'd like to smoke in Narnia. I think that would be really Ooh, trippy to smoke in Narnia. Sure. Come across some little creatures, maybe share a puff with the tumness Absolutely. around a lamp lamp post. <laughs> Try to egg Aslan into trying. Try Come to on, man. Just smoke a little bit of this. Like, <laughs> and then, oh, thank you. Yeah. And then try and, and then, like, the, and then you'd, uh, if you were really adventurous, probably on Sativa, you'd try and go meet the, the witch, the white witch. And then, white witch would have the best stash in all of Narnia. Yeah. And then she'd have, I feel like she'd have Turkish delight edibles, or that's what you would eat when you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a Turkish delight? I don't think I've had a true one. No, 
Um, I've, uh, I know yeah, what they I are. I don't think I've had. I don't think I've had. Because is Big Turk considered Turkish delight? Is that a variation of it? I know it's like a snack bar. Yeah, but like, I think Big Turk is based on Turkish delight. Yeah, that's like the gist of it. It's like filled with some with like jelly. It doesn't really jelly. sound up my no. alley, but yeah. Have no. you? I I yeah. I had one one time, and it that was that's it for me. I'm done with yeah. Turkish. Yeah. <laughs> no. Turkish delight is not my. Thing. Is it chocolate around it? Yeah, chocolate is around okay. it. Yeah. Hmm. I think honestly, no. if you got rid of the chocolate, you might have an easier mm-hmm. time with me. I the the jelly okay. and chocolate together. I don't know that I. It's did. a lot. It's yeah. A lot. It's too many. Too yeah. many tastes. Yeah. <laughs> um, movie that would be improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis. Oh. Um. Titanic, I feel. <laughs> they would have had maybe a more relaxing time. Absolutely. <laughs> maybe it would have bring down the chaos. Um... <laughs> yeah. I love that. I yeah, love I'll go with that. <laughs> Jack and Rose sharing a spliff. Yeah, on the raft. What yeah. a way to go. Absolutely. You know? If I'm ever going to die from exposure in the water, I would like to be high for it, please. Do you think you could keep a... A joint going out there? Uh, yeah, it might be difficult because they wouldn't have had. Like, well, they might have had like a Zippo lighter, in which case, <laughs> that's true. <yeah. laughs> Weather doesn't really matter much. You just keep it going. Yeah. Keep it shaking, cold hands. You have like it back you and could, forth. Yeah, exactly. You could have a little pass, a little pass circle with your rafts and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last one. Can you make the sound of your favorite consumption method? Um, eating, munching. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Let's Bogart. We have Courtney Gilmore here. We're going to find out if we uh, puff or pass on Ginger Snaps. Stay tuned. <laughs> and now it's time for a segment called What Does My Mom Think? Where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. Hi, Mom. Hi, Daniel. How's it going? Oh, well, now that the warm weather is here and we're getting out more, it's wonderful. Oh, that's lovely. What is your What is your favorite thing to do outside right now? Oh, go biking on our tandem bike. Oh, the tandem bike. <laughs> what is that? What is the uh, 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 on a bicycle built for two? What's that song? Yes, Daisy Daisy. Daisy Daisy. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I can sit on the back and sing, and Dad's on the front and steering. And that's great. Everyone's got a job. <laughs> I do all the waving to the neighbors and at their windows, and all the old people are like, "Oh, look at those two on their bike! Isn't that cute?" <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh, sure every, all the neighbors are always looking out for when when can we see that tandem bike go by wave at the right. distance so and especially the guys that can tell dad that um, i'm not pedaling behind oh 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 bunch of narcs on your street <laughs> <laughs> or one guy said uh, to me you're following too close. <laughs> yeah, it's real bumper to bumper with this one. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mom, we for for this week's episode, 
I, with a buddy of mine, I watched the movie Ginger Snaps. You ever heard heard of that movie? No, never heard of it. So it's a Canadian film. It was. Uh, oh. uh, it's a story about uh, a couple of uh, a couple of young girls uh, who are uh, going through puberty, um, and the meta. It's a horror movie that uses uh, werewolves as a metaphor for that. So like okay. your, your body is changing and uh, blood and and all the all these kinds of things that uh, uh, young teen girls are going through. They're also bitten by a werewolf. So they turn into werewolves themselves and try to kill people. Does that sound like a movie that you would uh, you would want to watch? Not in the least. Yeah, probably not. It's probably not up your alley. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Uh, it was released in the year 2000, and also in the year 2000 was released the movie Dude, Where's My Car? Hmm. Have you ever seen that movie? No, never heard of it. So that movie is about a couple of guys who uh, wake up uh, having blacked out the night before, and they don't know where their car is, and they have to go tr- retrace their steps and find their car. Does that sound like a movie that you'd want to see? No. Fair enough. (laughs) So both of those movies were released in the year 2000. So this is a little game called This or That. That is where you, my mom, have to say, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you things from the parent list. You're going to say whether they happened in Ginger Snaps or Dude, Where's My Car? Are you ready? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're going to do great this time. This is going to be great. (laughs) All right, so the first one is uh, Christy Swanson places Ashton Kutcher's hand on her clothed breast. Later, she appears braless in a tight white blouse and her nipples poking the material out. Is that Ginger Snaps or Dude, Where's My Car? Ginger Snaps. It is not. It is Dude, Where's oh. My Car. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how about uh, a man pees in a flower pot? Is that Ginger Snaps or Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, where's my car? It is dude, where's my car? (laughs) (laughs) How about uh, two teens find a dead dog. They try to move it and its leg falls off. Is that ginger snaps or dude, where's my car? Ginger snaps. It is ginger snaps. That's right. (laughs) Okay, how about this? An injured man crawls away from a teen girl who then grabs him and smashes his head through some glass. She then shoves her hand into his stomach off screen and when she removes her hand it is covered in blood is that ginger snaps or dude where's my car ginger snaps it is ginger snaps (laughs) (laughs) uh a girl forces herself to have sex with a boy she opens here what she opens her top which reveals her whole cleavage alongside her inner side boobs nipples can't be seen however the boy resists and she gets interrupted by another girl is that uh, Ginger Snaps or Dude, Where's My Car? Ginger Snaps. It is Ginger Snaps. <laughs> All right. And the final one, a really hot giantess goes around on a rampage and eats a man. But he comes out when the giantess explodes. Is that Ginger Snaps? Ginger or- Snaps. It is not. It is Dude, Where's My Car. But oh, okay. you did get the majority of them. So you win. <laughs> What do I win? You know, I always think to myself, you know what? For next time, I'm really going to figure out what she's going to win so that it can be wonderful. But uh, I didn't think of it. I always get to this point and realize that I haven't done it. Oh, and then the cat walks right across my entire computer. Get out of here. He's very jealous. He wants to be on the call with you, Mom. 
Oh. <laughs> Do you want to win a cat? No. I would love to sell you this cat if you if you wanted it. But No, I wouldn't even take it for free. <laughs> oh, that's how I feel about them. <laughs> All right, and this week, Mom, uh, my, my guest was Courtney Gilmore, who is a stand-up comedian in Canada. Uh, she's very, very funny and very sweet. Um, she chose this movie, and we had uh, Edison bites so they're like little like lindor chocolates that mm. have uh, uh cannabis in them mm. and it's uh it, it was uh gingerbread flavored so it's like milk chocolate with the inside milky chocolate but then there's a, a little hint of ginger in it does oh, that sound nice. good you want to try those uh not with the cannabis in it i'll take oh, it without the cannabis come on he's got the cannabis <laughs> in it and everything it's so much more fun you eat it and it, it, it's the gift that keeps giving no, just give me the Lindor chocolate and the ginger snap cookies. Fair enough. <laughs> you know what you win? What? That. I'll, I'll get a Lindor chocolate. I'm going to get a ginger cookie. I'm going to send it to you in the mail. Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> All right. Can you thank my listeners for tuning in? Thank you, everyone, for listening once again this week. And join us again next time. <laughs> if you had a piece of advice to offer... Uh, 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 people going through puberty, what would that be? Uh, to the people themselves or to the parents who are going through? You know what? With both. <laughs> As someone okay. who has both gone through puberty and had kids who's gone through puberty, <laughs> right. I imagine you have some insight. Well, my best advice would be just love them through it. It won't last forever. <laughs> that's lovely i like that as a piece of advice that's very good and that's uh that's for everybody going through anything really yeah love them through yep. it Just right be there for them and love them through it yeah see look at how you turned out daniel oh <laughs> i don't know if you want to use that measuring stick <laughs> <laughs> Well, some kids are more challenging than others. That's right. That's right. You're you're going to get into heaven just based on having to have raised me alone. All this other stuff is great, Joan, but you know what? We see that you had to deal with Daniel Williston growing up, so you know what? Here's your ticket, front of the line. Just go right past everybody. Right. <laughs> like in the COVID vaccination line? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Come on in. Six feet apart. Six feet apart, everybody. <laughs> All right. I love you, Mom. I love you too, Daniel. All right, Courtney, here we go. We're at uh, puff or pass time. So what do you think? Ginger snaps. Do you puff or pass? Puff or pass. Puff. Yeah. If you had to. Is this, a, am I puffing or passing the movie? The movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm still huge. I'm still big into the movie. I I mean, I would be curious on a different strain to pair it with. That would be my thing. I, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say don't smoke weed or eat it while watching this movie. I would just have, I would choose something different, I think, next time. And what would you be looking Although for? Although I don't know what, the, though. Yeah, what, what would you be looking for from the experience? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, maybe you would know better than me about what I'm looking for, but I just feel like it was such a juxtaposition between how I was feeling and what I was looking at. But mm-hmm. but then maybe it's just the matter of that being a, a particularly gruesome movie when you're under the influence of marijuana. So is there a strain that would make that more palatable? I actually don't know. <laughs> I just know if there is, it probably wasn't that one. I don't know. <laughs> Even maybe an indica. Do you think indica would be more at like sure. at least put you in more of a yeah you like a mood about, that kind of matches them. Yeah, you talked about wanting to do yoga on on this edible, like you you're feeling <laughs> loose and wanting to like. But I mean, like that physically yeah. it means you want to like move, you want to like do something, you want to like uh, mm-hmm. be involved in something. So, uh, yeah, if you were to smoke yeah. an indica or or even find an edible that was specifically indica rather than a hybrid, it might relax you, like mm-hmm. melt you into the couch a little bit more, yeah. so that you're giving yourself over to the experience rather than thinking like, what else do I want to be yeah. doing on it? Yeah, because I usually find that when I smoke and then watch yeah. a movie, what happens is typically I will start thinking, oh, I will start like having very different thoughts about certain things that I've never thought about before while watching yeah. that movie. Whereas I didn't, I didn't have that experience with this one. I felt just more physical and more like reacting to like the sounds of the crunching and the gurgling <laughs> and the blood and all that stuff. Yeah. I was more like reacting to that constantly rather than like being really into it. I think the, the, like the most thinking I did while watching it was um, I said that like, this is not much of an exaggeration of what being on your period feels like. Um, <laughs> and then, I love that. And then when she goes, when she goes full wolf, I started getting a little bit frustrated with Bridget because I was like, just at this point, it's like why, why try to save her? She's a wolf now, you know. Like it's there's like a turning point you just can't come back from. Like now she's not your sister anymore. She's a wolf. Yeah, she's a woman. She's a woman she's and a, woman. a wolf. It's too late. You can't save her from womanhood. Yeah. It's it's all over now. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so if you were to be on this particular edible, the Edison bite. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ginger Snaps was not the experience that you were looking for. Is there a different movie that you think would pair well with this edible for you? Hmm. Um. What would be a good movie to watch this with this strain on? Something kind of like light and floaty, sure. like, um. Um. Hmm. Like a comedy, maybe, or uh, maybe a comedy or something like visually stunning. Sure. That's like an animated film. Sh- yeah, like maybe even like a Pixar movie sure. or something with us like really like panoramic scenes. Like I think something that you can just kind of like sink into. Yeah, like an animated movie. I think would be good too. Yeah, or and an anim- the filmmakers comedy aren't specifically trying to make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> which is what yeah. horror and, and and adult comedies tend to do yeah true i was gonna say maybe bojack but bojack might be too dark to to pair it with this yeah because i don't necessarily want to feel existential dread <laughs> harder like, to deal with which that. is like easy 
Yeah, I think it would be harder to deal with that, but maybe like a different kind of uh maybe like Big Mouth. Big Mouth oh, Big might Mouth, be a good yeah. one. Because the, the stakes are yeah. still very high, but the existential dread is mm-hmm. also about puberty, which we yeah. we now at our age know ends at some point. You don't go through puberty <laughs> your whole life. <laughs> which is different or than that, or that yeah. Or that documentary. I think I was talking I think I was telling you about it, or you said you might have watched it, but the the octopus one, that documentary <sighs> My about the guy who's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's like kind of it's like a a mind fuck a bit but not too i don't know it's like you can come away from that being like well that was weird and then that's the end of it yeah. and beautiful <laughs> too like that and beautiful yeah exactly so, it's got yeah, that yeah, yeah. exactly yeah i love that i love that all right well courtney thank you so so much for being on the podcast today this was uh, a great oh, experience i so had a great conversation uh, can yeah, you tell the people fun. where to find you and, and what they should be uh, looking out for? Yeah, um, you can find me on social media at Courtney J. Gilmore on Instagram. Um, I'm also at, um, on Twitter at Courtney, uh, Courtney UGH. And um, I don't know, I got some like random shows here and there, but you can also follow uh, my podcast that I have with uh, Dan Curtis Thompson and it's called Rated X. And we, um, we're ex-partners who rate and review fictional relationships. And that's at RatedXPod on Instagram. And you can also find us on Spotify and Apple and all, all that stuff where podcasts are. And it's a fantastic show. Honestly, it's the, the oh, best <laughs> concept for a, a podcast I may have ever heard. It's, it's thank really you so a much. lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Amazing. Well, thank, it. <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, buds, that is it. That is our show for today. As you heard, you can follow Courtney on Twitter at Courtney, ugh, which is such a great handle. Uh, she's Courtney J. Gilmore. Gilmore spelled G- G-I-L-M-O-U-R. On Instagram, her podcast, Rated X. It's Rated X Pod at rated x pod on instagram go give them a follow give them a subscribe give them a rate and review and hey while you're doing that on apple uh podcasts anyways why don't you head over to let's bogart and do the same thing two birds with one stone (laughs) you can follow my mom nowhere because she is not online but you can follow my good buddy jj who made all the music that you heard today you can follow him at JJ and his dog. He's got a bunch of projects that are all different, that are all really cool. He's the lead singer and uh, leader of JJ and the Pillars. He's also coming out with his uh, uh, electronic project that he's been working on. I am so excited for it's It's going to be <laughs> very different for him and very cool for the music industry in Canada. So check him out on Instagram at JJ and his dog. You can check me out at Daniel Williston. You can also go on our Let's Bogart page at Let's Bogart on Instagram and Twitter. DanielWilliston.com slash Let's Dash Bogart if you want to check out the website. We'd love to see you there. If you have a movie that you want us to do, have a strain you want us to do, have something uh, you want us to talk about, let us know. I'm doing these mini sesh episodes in between each regular episode, and I'm going to be talking to you about what I'm smoking and what I'm watching. Right now, I am still cranking through video game adaptations, which are all terrible. So 
Tune in next week on Thursday to hear about uh, a ranking that I have so far for them. We've still got a bunch more to get through. We're not going to watch all of them. Just we're going to watch a few more. It's been fun to watch bad movies with my fiance. Make fun of them. And get real toasty high. So tune in uh, next week to the mini sesh and come back again in a couple of weeks when we full episode Bogart once more. The parts that were good, though, because of the weed that were seemed to be heightened were like when she has her official transformation and she accepts it and does that whole like catwalk strut into school. That was like, oh, my God, I was like doing a lap. I was like, yes, this is your moment. (laughs) I was super into that part for sure because of the weed. (laughs) 